discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified. take your seats in heavenly places where you belong i want you to ask me questions concerning what i've been sharing for the last few days i was just going through what i've been sharing with you and i felt my spirit that you had some questions yes you are welcome to church thank you thank you thank you thank you so i want to know if you have any questions on your hearts along the lines you've been sharing and even along other lines so that i can share with you and sunday i'll conclude on that and then pick another thing Yes, yeah, so any question on your heart, on your mind, especially concerning uh, what we've been sharing, you are liberty to, to ask. I'm waiting for you. Thank you. Thank you. My question is about dispensations. I was Sir. listening to um, the world that was by Pastor Kusi, and he made mention that he defined dispensation as a time period of an age, which has a beginning and an end. And I was listening to your um, overview of the world. And you made mention that a dispensation doesn't have an end. Yeah, so I wanted to make a clarification on that. Okay. I said it doesn't have an end. Okay. Who's your pastor? My pastor. Yes. So which one should you listen to? Yeah. There are, there are differences in... Um, in uh, how do you even say it? In schools of thoughts along these are wide ended and open ended. There are some things you don't have to be strict about. You get it? We'll say something this today, tomorrow we'll change it. The reason why I said it does not end is because even though it ends I mentioned that it ends it, it ends, but it flows into another dispensation and continues in that dispensation. For instance, if we pick the dispensation of innocence as um, as experienced in uh, in Adam's time, okay, when Adam was in the garden, Adam was innocent concerning um, good and evil. He was he was living in innocence. He was living in God consciousness. That was what he was living in. He was really conscious of God, and God gave him one rule: don't partake of this tree. That was all. And he broke that rule. What typifies a dispensation is that a dispensation is given a particular law to live by. You get it? Sin is different in every dispensation. In Adam's dispensation, sin was partaking of the fruits. Okay, and when he partook of the fruit, the Bible mentions that for all men have fallen short of the glory. For all men have sinned and have fallen short of the glory. That sin was a sin of partaking of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of the knowledge of good and evil. You understand uh-huh. now when he fell he entered into the dispensation of sacrifice okay that was why he taught his sons Cain and Abel to sacrifice unto God in order to get 
closer to God. And when he did, when they did, one qualified, one did not qualify because one did not sacrifice according to his best. He did not sanctify God in his eyes. Basically. You understand? The dispensation of promise is what brought forth the dispensation of the law. The dispensation of promise is the period in which Abraham dwelt. Abraham was called by God and was promised by God a seed. And the seed, for the seed to be kept safe, uh, um, how do you call it? Israel was born, you understand, and given laws to keep them and protect them to not mingle with the world so that the seed that God spoke about, which was Christ, could come. You understand? Uh-huh. But in the dispensation of the law, there were promises that were made to various individuals. So promise also flows into the law came with promises. If you keep the law, this is what will happen. If you don't keep the law, this is what will happen. Even now in the dispensation of grace, there are laws in the dispensation of grace. Is there no law in the dispensation of grace? Jesus said in John chapter 13, John chapter 13, verse 32 and 33. Okay, let's look at it. John 13, 32 and 33. Hallelujah. So it, it does end because the people involved leave the system, they perish. But the concept flows into another dispensation. That's basically what I wanted to let you know. Okay, verse 34. Any commandment I give unto you, do you understand commandment? What's the meaning of commandment? <laughs> what, are, what was the name of the law in Moses' day? The Ten Commandments. So this is also a commandment. And this is also a law. It says, a new law I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. You see, it's flowed into the next dispensation, which is the dispensation of grace. In John chapter 1, verse, go uh, to John 1, 14 and 15. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Eh? Go to 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. You see, these are two dispensations altogether. One gave birth to the other. Moses brought the law. Jesus brought grace. So even though we are in grace, they are lost in grace. They are lost in grace. For instance, in um, in um, Galatians chapter 5, yes, verse 22, okay? Even Romans, Romans 13, 8. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another has fulfilled the law. Have you seen it? Next verse. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. It's, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt, not, shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Next verse, verse 10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Next verse. You see, he says, love is the fulfilling of it. There's a place where he says, there's no greater lord than this one galatians 5 23 i think 22 23 one of them so i'm just trying to bring these scriptures out for you to know that um yes a dispensation does end it's true it does and technically speaking it does but um with respect to what happens in another dispensation you will see evidences of what had happened in the previous one in the dispensation the dispensation of sacrifice ended with Cain and abel it's finished 
then the dispensation of conscience, which actually began in Adam's time. When Adam sinned, he actually fell into the dispensation of conscience. His conscience was what was ruling him. You understand? And his conscience, through his conscience, God told him to sacrifice, to get close to him. So conscience and sacrifice were ruling together. But then when sacrifice passed, conscience ruled. But even in the dispensation of conscience, sacrifice was still existent. Are you seeing it? For instance, in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3 and verse 4. Look at Genesis 6, 3 and 4. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always try with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. Next verse. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came into, in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. Next verse. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and, the, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. This is conscience. They, are, they were living according to their conscience. And their conscience or their imaginations was always talking to them in an evil way. And they were living according to their conscience consistently. Whatever, the, look at it, says, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented God. Next verse. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. Have you seen it? This conscience. Their conscience was only producing evil. No good. But in the dispensation of conscience, the Bible says that Noah found grace in the sight of God or found favor in the sight of God. Guess what Noah did after he came out of the ark? What did he do? The first thing he did was to sacrifice unto God. And when he sacrificed unto God, the Lord smelled it and said that I will never ever do this to the earth again. And made a covenant with him. How did he make the covenant with him? Through a sacrifice. So even though sacrifice, the description of sacrifice ended in, with Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter, chapter 4, okay, it didn't end there. It continued even in the days of conscience. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You see, Noah sacrificed because it was a habitual thing he was doing. Just that they were not, the, the, it, it wasn't a dispensation. It wasn't part of the dispensation because that was not the rule by which God accepted you. The rule by which God accepted you was your conscience, living in a good conscience towards God. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So it has ended. Yes, the dispensation has ended. But the rule, the principle still flows and still functions and still continues. Even though that is not the basis for qualification. That's not the basis for which God accepts you or rejects you. It's another thing altogether. Don't we sacrifice in this age? We sacrifice in the, in the pursuit of grace through our giving and all the things that we do. People are criticizing it on social media and all that. But that is what we do, and it, it brings profit. Hallelujah. But you are not accepted in God based on your giving now. You can be a philanthropist and give billions of dollars to the church if you are not born again. Because in our dispensation, the basis and what causes you to be accepted is your belief in Christ, in the work that God did in Jesus Christ. That is what's is that, that is what brings you into the dispensation of grace. Without that, you can't cross over from where you are into uh, uh, the kingdom of God. You can't. Irrespective of how much you give. Cornelius is a classical example. He was, he was a giver. And was even given to the Sanhedrin, given to the Jews. Yet he, was not quali- he couldn't qualify. The only qualification was to give his life to Christ. I sing it. So, 
it's not uh, that uh, when the dispensation ends, that principle does not become the ruling factor in the next, but the principle still works, it still flows. Do you understand? You have a follow up question. Do you have a follow up question? Please, my question is I learned in church that uh, the Holy Spirit is there to help us. So, like every day, the Holy Spirit talks to us every day. But I was reading a book written by Kenneth Hagen, and he was like, like, we shouldn't be seeking for voices. We shouldn't seek voices. And me, what I learned from church, I was thinking that maybe for me to be, uh, to know that the Holy Spirit is always talking, I have to be conscious of the fact. So I have to have it in my head. And in that way, maybe I'll seek for it. Like, it's like I'm seeking, seeking for, for it. it yeah. yeah. So when he wrote in his book that it we discouraged you. For, yeah, it confused me. I don't, I don't. Hallelujah. Thank you for your question. You know, Kenegan is talking about another thing altogether. Okay? Kenegan is talking about another thing altogether. There's um, the ministry of the Spirit called um, speaking as audible voice. He's talking about the audible voice of the Holy Spirit or the audible voice of God. Okay? Which is different from the inward witness and the fellowship of the Spirit. Let me show you a scripture. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. It's very different from John chapter 14, verse 16. They're not the same. Okay? So go to Second Corinthians 13, 14. You'll be, you'll, be, you'll be amazed. And I'll show you some scriptures also in the Bible when the Holy Spirit spoke. Okay, to an individual. When the Holy Spirit, when you hear the audible voice of God or the audible voice of the Spirit, okay, it's, uh, it's more authoritative. The fellowship voice is more gentle and more uh, friendly. But when it comes to the voice of the Spirit, that is the audible voice of the Spirit, is very authoritative. And that's why we don't hear it every time. You hear it when something very serious is going to happen. And it's, uh, I'll show you from the scriptures that most of the time it has to do with ministry. Okay? Second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14, right? What does it say? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Be with you all. Did you hear that? The fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So everybody is supposed to have or is qualified to have the fellowship of the Spirit. Do you understand? And that word fellowship is uh, uh, um, defined up it, it, it has seven synonyms in english even though it's just one word in the in the greek koinonia but there are seven meanings it means standby it means fellowship it means partnership it means communion it means help it means uh, counsel it means comforter okay so he's talking about the counsel of the holy spirit be with you forever are you seeing it that is, that is a forever thing. It's something you, you, you have continuously. Okay? And that is why um, Benny Hinn wrote that, that particular book concerning Good Morning Holy Spirit. Because you can actually talk to the Holy Spirit continuously and consistently every single day of your life. You see? Let's read the Amplified if you have it. Amplified. The grace, favor, and spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the presence, and fellowship, the communion, and sharing together and participation. This is a daily thing. You don't even have to seek it. It's there. All you need to do is to be conscious of it and, and uh, uh, receive it in your life. We understand? 
Uh, now, this is what we've been talking about all this while. This is different from the audible voice of God, which is seen in Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, verse 29. Go to Acts chapter 8, verse 29. We can read verse 26, and then we'll go to 29. Go to 26, and then we'll come to 29. This is very, two very different things altogether. Okay? And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise! You see, the, angel, the word angel of the Lord is actually the name of the Holy Spirit that was used in the Old Testament. But the New Testament had not started a long time ago, so they used that particular phrase. Okay, so he says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise! Do you think he said to him in the spirit? This is different from the inward witness. This is instructive. This is a command. Move! You get it? He says, Arise! And go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. That was all. He didn't tell him any other thing. So, Philip, knowing the ministry of the Holy Spirit along that line, moved. So, the Bible says that. Next verse. And he arose and went. And behold, an Ethiopian eunuch of great authority and a candid queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. You see, this is ministry. This is something great going to happen it had to do with the ministry that was going to be introduced to the to the africans jesus was going to be brought to africa hallelujah and they took the ministry of the holy spirit to speak to his his his, his servant authoritatively to someone who could obey this is different from sweet holy spirit that one we say and the sweet fellowship of the holy god is sweet is this one is different this one is authoritative this one is, is do or die so that you do it or forget about it do you understand yeah, it's a command. It's do it. And in this place, we talk about obedience. Okay? We talk about obedience. <laughs> it's, not, it's not by choice whether you like it or not. It's do it. So he moved. Okay? Who had the charge of all a treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship? Verse 28. Was returning and sitting in his child, read Isaiah the prophet. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. He was reading the book of Isaiah. But he had no understanding. Next verse. Verse 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to the child. This is not. Philip, will you, do you want to go near? No, this is go near and join yourself to this chariot. And you see, the instruction is pa, pa, straightforward. Go, do this, do that. And he doesn't even tell you what to do next. Do you understand? He doesn't tell you what to do next, but you would know what to do next. After instructing you by that mode or that method, he will return. Of course, he never left in your, your spirit. He's always there. He's God. He can do whatever he wants to do. He can talk to you on the outside, talk to you on the inside. He can do everything he wants to do. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, he leads you from within through the sweet fellowship and leads you from without through the audible voice as well. Okay? Just a minute. In Acts chapter 26, okay, when Paul had the vision concerning his ministry, it was Jesus who was talking. Now, this is how the vision was. It was a vision. But the vision was such that a light shone around. Everybody saw the light. There were more than four people traveling with him. All of them saw the light. The Bible says that the light was brighter than the noonday sun. They all fell off their horses. And they heard a sound thundering like your hand now. But to, to Saul or Paul, it wasn't just thunder. Words were coming, but it was words specifically to him. 
So even though Jesus spoke the Hebrew tongue, none of the others could hear it. None of the others could hear it. But Jesus, uh, 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 Paul had it as instructions from God to him. He couldn't see anybody. He even woke up and rose on the earth blind because the light blinded him. It blinded him. He didn't blind any other person because the vision was for him. Hallelujah. It blinded only him. Meanwhile, every other person saw it. I wonder what they'll say after he stands somewhere and starts declaring that God spoke to him at that particular point. They will say, ah, we all heard it. We were just doing blue, 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 blue. But we heard it in John chapter 12. Jesus heard God speak from heaven. God spoke from heaven. But the, every other person said that it thundered. They said that, oh, thunder, thunder boy. Thunder But Jesus heard it as, I have glorified it and I will continue to glorify it. I'll glorify you and I'll continue to glorify. That's what Jesus said. Hallelujah. So those are audible voices that the Spirit of God communicates to you. And you don't seek it. It comes to you. Did you see Philip seeking it? Sitting somewhere and saying, Kal, pal, kal, pal. Kal, pal, 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 pal. Eradicasa. It was nothing like that. The Spirit of God spoke. Heavenly visions are not to be sought. There are two types of visions. You have to be very careful about it. They are heavenly visions and they are visions that the Spirit of God through prayer makes you see. They're not the same. So in this particular, in Acts chapter 20, 26, uh, verse, uh, verse 12, I think, no, no, verse 16, I think, Paul said that I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. He called his experience a heavenly vision, but it was a voice he had. Even the details of Paul's ministry were not explained to him by Jesus. Jesus didn't talk about it. It was Ananias who came to come and explain to him what he was supposed to do with himself. So all the things that he spoke and said, Jesus said, it was Ananias who said it. Because you need a man, after the heavenly vision, you need a man to explain things to you. Yeah. I've seen a vision, whatever. You need a man to help you. You need to be there. Hallelujah. (laughs) But arise. Go to verse 19. He says, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. He calls it a heavenly vision. But it was a voice that he heard. Okay? It was a voice. This is different from the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives to fellowship with us and to commune with our spirits. That's called the witness, the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. The inward witness is different from the audible voice of the Spirit or the audible voice of God. I don't know if I'm making sense. All right. So you don't seek one. And that's what Ken Hagen was talking about. And he was right. You don't seek the audible voice. God, speak to me now. Or something bad will happen to you. Well, he, he, something else will talk to you because you are seeking. You understand? But you, you, must, you must fellowship with the Spirit and seek the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Not, not just seek. Partake of, there's no need to seek it. Partake of it because he's there, he's there for you. He's there to talk to you from within consistently. That's in Romans chapter 8, verse 16. It says that the Spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. If we bear witness with our spirits concerning the most important thing in our lives, concerning our new birth, then he talks to us concerning our hairstyle. Talks to us concerning our clothing style. Talks to us about our eating habits. And talks to us about our exercise habits. Hallelujah. (laughs) Okay, so this is different from what I just described to you. Now, uh, there's another example of... uh, that of an experience that Paul had. Okay. You remember I mentioned that there are two types of visions. You remember? Okay. Let me try and explain that to you properly. In Acts chapter 2, 
when Peter was explaining what the experience that they had had, okay, Peter in verse 26, I believe, said that it shall come to pass in the last, this is what was written by Joel, 16, go to 16. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that it shall come to pass in the last days that I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Have you seen it? Then he says, and your young men shall see visions. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Now, this visions is not the same as what Peter experienced in Acts chapter 10. Okay? <laughs> in Acts chapter 10, Peter was hungry. He was downstairs in the house of one Simon the Tanner. And decided to go upstairs as they are cooking so that he can pray a little bit before the food is ready. He was hungry. Remember, he was hungry. He was thinking about food. He stood up there. And as he prayed... A vision came to him. He was not seeking the vision. This is, these are heavenly visions. And God does speak to us by heavenly visions. Okay? He sees a vision and a mat is let down from heaven. Heaven opens up a mat is let down. And there are all kinds of animals in it. And God tells him, stand up, kill and eat. It was both visual and audio. Okay? There are audio visions and there are visual visions. And audio visual visions. <laughs> Paul's own was visual was audio. This one was audio and visual. Uh, uh, Philip's own was audio. The spirit bade me go. Go. Okay, so the mat was let down. God told him, kill and eat. And he said, I'm a Jew. I don't eat defiled things. And God said, don't call what I've cleansed unclean. And he went back up. And he came back down again. Same thing. He went back up again and came back three times. And Peter knew exactly what God was saying. Are you getting it? Now, that, is, that vision is different from the visions that is spoken about by the same guy, Peter, in Acts chapter 2, verse 16, where we read. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you don't start going around looking for visions. As you are there, God, show me. There are visions that the Spirit of God allows you to see in prayer. Without prayer, you can't have those visions. Okay? You can't have those visions. These are thoughts and imaginations that the Spirit of God brings to your mind concerning your life, concerning your ministry, concerning what you're supposed to do. Hallelujah. And they are different from the other one. Okay. Sometimes you'll be praying, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, start seeing yourself. Well, what do you think we are talking about? Sometimes we pray and after prayer, someone comes and says, I saw this. How did you, do you think he saw it? Do you think he saw, like, as his eyes were open, he saw, like, a movie, DVD? <laughs> well, la, then live and cry. <laughs> live, live and cry on the wall. And no, that is not, is that what you have been seeing? No, those things don't normally happen. They happen as in, as in, as in, as part of the blessings that the body of Christ benefits from. But it is not common. Read Acts chapter 1 to Acts end end of acts you'll be shocked by the number of visual audio visual visions that were seen and the book of us was written over it's a record of a 30 year experience the first 30 years of the church is what is recorded in the book of acts 30 years how many of them did, you, did they see peter saw one who else paul saw one who else saw again agabus Agabus was a prophet, so he had access. 
you know, in Acts chapter 16, for instance, Paul, if you read from verse 6, Acts chapter 16, from verse 6, let's read it so I understand it. Now, when we had gone to Phrygia and, and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, they were forbidden of the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they were come to Mysia, they are said to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Next verse. And they passing by Mysia came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. This was a clear vision. Clear audio vision. God was not inside the vision. He saw a man standing. You see, he says, and there stood a man of Macedonia. How did he know that he was a man of Macedonia? How did he know? These are spiritual things that you pick up. <laughs> Hallelujah. And there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him or asked him, saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. Look at, look at the next verse. Verse 10. It's very interesting. After, and after that, he had seen the vision. Immediately, we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. So by virtue of the vision, they were led concerning what a major step to take concerning their ministry. Macedonia is where the Corinthian church and all those were found. Major, major, major area of Paul's ministry. I see it. Huh. For instance, in Acts chapter 13, from verse 1, Bob mentions how that they were gathered some prophets and teachers, mentions their name, and then he says that as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, then he says, the Holy Ghost said, how did the Holy Ghost talk to them? Did they have the, the vision, the audio vision? Every one of them at once. Five of them praying. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost said, how did the Holy Ghost speak? How did the Holy Ghost speak to them? Have you ever thought about it? How did he speak to them? What do you think? You think there was a voice that spoke whilst they were all there? Separate me, saw Barnabas and Saul for the mission that I've called them. Then all of them, hey, Charlie guys are called, come. It's nothing like that. These were prophetic words that were released. You see, these are prophetic words that were released by the prophets that were there. As we were praying, the prophet spoke. Confirmed by another prophet and confirmed by another prophet. This is it. Let's do this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, in Acts chapter 15, the church had a council, the first council of the church. So it's called the, the Council of Jerusalem. They were discussing things concerning circumcision. And after they had discussed and discussed and discussed, James, who was the pastor of the whole church at that time, stood up and made a decision that we will not give these people grievous burdens to bear. What we'll do is that we write to them a letter telling them to abstain from animals that are strangled, abstain from blood, and all those things. And that they are free. If they do that, they are okay. They can believe in Jesus Christ and everything will be fine. That's what they said. The next verse says that, you see, they wrote that letter and sent it by Paul and by one, someone called, the Bible calls them senior, uh, whatever, elders in the system. Okay. Sent them by the hand of Paul and Barnabas and John and uh, some other guy. The very next verse says that, so let, let's look at it. Acts chapter 15. We can read verse 25, I think. You see, I'm, I'm showing you scriptures. So. I'm not talking from my stomach. Look at verse 27. We have sent therefore... Let, let's, let's read from verse 25. You remember I mentioned 25, so let's go to 25. I think it will be nicer from 25. It seemed good unto us. This is James talking in the letter. 
He says that it seemed good unto us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the, the same things by mouth. Next verse. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. But it wasn't the, the Holy Ghost was not there physically. It was people who had a discussion. But when they were writing the letter, they said that it seemed good to the Holy Ghost. Because, and this was a major Holy Ghost direction at that particular time. Because people are vessels that God uses. I've been talking about God consciousness all this one. People are, people are, okay. You remember I was mentioning chapter 13. When they, you see, the, the word came, the vision came by prophetic intimations. And they put Paul together. The Bible says that they fasted again and laid hands on them and sent them. Was it no human beings who sent them? You'd be surprised at what chapter, chapter 13, verse 4 says. Look at verse 4 or verse 5. Look at it. Read it to me. One to go. And from thence they sell to Cyprus. They being sent forth by who? Ah, who sent them? Was no human beings? Human beings sent them. But they said, "This is this is an inspiration from the Spirit." It says that the Holy Ghost. They were sent forth by the Holy Ghost. The word came by people. Do you understand? I don't, know if, I don't know if I'm confusing you or I'm helping you. Am I helping you? Yes, okay, Pastor Ivan wanted to say something while I was talking. So. I just wanted to add that you have to confirm it with Scripture because um, it's not, there are so many voices and anything can tell you anything. Yes, so um, because you are developing your inner, your, your fellowship with God, in order not to get confused, you also have to read the Bible a lot. So that you know what is in the Bible. Otherwise, your thoughts can come and you say it's the Holy Spirit. The devil will come and you say it's the Holy Spirit. And that is so common around. It is too common. A lot of people come and say the Holy Spirit has said. But if you don't know your, yes. A lot of people's emotions. And if you have a discernment of the Holy you realize that this is not of God. This is all the, the person's emotions, being informed by what he has seen or heard. That is why the person is communicating like that. So it's important that you study the word of God. You build your word library, your word capacity, so that you, be, you know it's when the Holy Spirit is talking. To you. Otherwise, a lot of your emotions will control you and you say that it is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Two important points. It is too important. <laughs> too important. Recently, uh, I think last Sunday, just this past Sunday, I want to share the Word of God with uh, some people on uh, Mecca doctors and whatever. And I shared, the, they wanted me to talk about discerning the true voice of God. The reason why I'm remembering all these scriptures is because I just studied on it and just shared on it just a few days ago. That's why it's like I mentioned the scripture. This one go here, this one go here, this one go here. Because I remember it's fresh in my mind. I spoke to them to concern the various ways by which God speaks to us. The number one way is through visions, heavenly visions, like I've showed you. Number two way is through the audible voice of God. Number three way is through the inward witness. And I was not saying it with respect to 
importance. No. I mentioned that the last two are the most important because they control every other thing that I've mentioned. Okay? The fourth way is through the word. Through the word. Without that, you, you are not qualified for the first one. Without that, you are not qualified for the second one. And without that, you are not qualified for the third one. Then the fourth one is through the, your, the final one is through your, 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 your man of God, your pastor. Now, the last two, which is the word and three of pastor, are the two most important ones. Without those two, two, every other thing that you may hear may be corrupted. Because if you hear, you see a vision, it must be examined in the pages of the scriptures to see whether it is consistent with what... You can come and tell us that you saw a vision and God told you to go and swim in the, in the sea for an anointing. What is wrong with you? <laughs> no. What is wrong with you? So, you, the first thing you have to do is to tell your pastor about it. You get it? And he will use the scriptures to examine it for you. That brother, there's something wrong with your vision. <laughs> People have, you see, they've had all kinds of visions. And it's not controlled by the word. There's always a problem. Strange visions. You don't have any business seeing those visions. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, you don't have any business seeing those visions. People come to you. I've had a vision. Pastor, I've had a vision of this particular lady. He's the one God has designed for me to marry. I saw it. It was clear. I saw her in my night vision. Standing clearly at Bwedi uh, uh, calling me that come. Come onto with a wedding gown. And you were, you were wearing blue supporter. <laughs> Someone said he had a vision and he was in a swimming pool with a certain lady that he's supposed to, he's supposed to marry. The lady was wearing a, a red panty and he was wearing a blue supporter. Then I, 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 when I heard it, I said, no, 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 this one, this one, it is actually a boxing match. Blue corner and red corner. You are in the blue corner, she's also in the red corner. You are not supposed to be together. All kinds of foolish things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, so clearly there's a problem. Without, you see, God has a language he speaks. I've been giving this example for a very long time. Okay? I speak Guan. My mom is Guan. My mom is from Equiapem. Uh, the side that speaks the one. Mente, mente. Mine is not even mente. Mine is mente, mene, mene. It's different from mente, mente. Okay? Menebo. It's okay. I will not say. But I'm speaking correct. I'm speaking a language that some people understand. But nobody, I don't know if anybody understands this here. Do you say? Do you say? Oh, yeah. Obeka Amelia, hey, look at you. I've sold all of you. Tempest West. I'm speaking a language that exists. People understand they used to communicate. You should, you'd be surprised if you go to some areas in this country. They are speaking the language. They are flowing. They understand each other. They are moving. They are doing things. But we don't understand it. It sounds like my tongues. It's not tongues at all. Same thing. God has a language he speaks. If you don't understand that language, you are doomed. You are in trouble. The language that God speaks is his word. God speaks in his word. If you don't know his word, you will think what he's saying is alien to you. To you. It will be alien, not you will think. It will be alien to you. Because you don't know his word. And you'll be, you'll be committing blunders. Blunders. Do you know what Jesus said? Do you know what he said? He says, you err because you know not the scriptures. You want to reduce your errors? How many of you want to reduce your errors in life? 
know this reduce your errors through knowledge of the scriptures he says you know you err because you know not the scriptures neither do you know the power of god you don't know the scripture you see it is through the scriptures that you get to know the power of god without the scriptures you can't know the power of god you would not know when god is moving you would think it's something else hallelujah yeah so you have to be the word of god is the controlling factor in the kingdom of god take it out and the kingdom of god cannot function do you understand so it's in your own interest read your bible i just read my bible some people ask me questions how come you know so many scriptures i read my bible today when we're sitting at the place i just open and i'll just be reading i'll read in that space of whatever i'll just read one one chapter i just like it i just like reading it okay when i realize i'm going to check facebook i'll just check the word of god first before i go there so i can peace my conscience more yeah, i'll check it first read something for some time before i check facebook the other times facebook is not even my mind whatsapp is not even my mind. i'm just reading my mind i'm just reading page after page chapter after chapter i think today i've read about maybe five chapters or seven chapters or no just as i'm just lying down well, I was here some 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 hours ago, and I said, "I want to sleep small. I didn't really sleep well during the night, so let me sleep small." When I was lying, someone called me. When he called me, he spoiled the sleep, so I just went to my my Bible and I was reading some things. I read I read Old Testament. I like Old Testament. Right? So many things to learn. You see, you reduce your errors. You reduce your errors. Today, I saw something in the Old Testament, very powerful thing, very very powerful. It made me very careful. When I read it, I became very, very careful. I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah, I became very, about Samuel. In first Samuel. Samuel had, Samuel was a good judge. He was a great judge. But the errors of his father became his errors. His father could not raise his children to take his place. The Bible mentions how he made his children judges. He, in his own volition, made his children judges. And it made them fall. We're not supposed to be judges of Israel. So the Bible says that they were duping people and collecting bribes. Some of the prophet's sons, his children, biological children, were collecting bribes. And Israel, everybody in Israel knew it. Instead of judging properly, they collect bribes and judge against the guy who had done whatever. You see, that was the problem Eli had. Eli could not control his sons. And someone also failed along that line. He couldn't control his sons. So Israel came to Saul and uh, Samuel and told him, make us a king to judge us. Your sons, do you know what he just said? They said that your sons do not follow after you. They don't follow after It's a very serious thing. I said it made me very careful because I realized that, hey, both biological and spiritual children can, cannot walk, may not walk in your, in your footsteps if you don't place them appropriately. Because I Bible mentioned clearly, it's, it's, it's there. First Samuel chapter, um, read your, tell me about read your Bible. Pray every day. Pray. If you want to grow. You think it's a kid's song. First Samuel 8 from verse 1. Yeah. Yeah. First Samuel 8 1. And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges of Israel. And that stood out for me. He made his sons judges of Israel. Not according to the word of the Lord, but he made them. Yes, he made them judges. He was chosen according to the word of the Lord. Okay. But he made his sons judges of Israel. Look at what they did. Verse 8, verse 2. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abia. 
they were judges in Bathsheba. He gave them another place to be. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after Luca. You know Luca? Filthy Luca. Money. They turned after money. Eli's sons turned after money, meat, and fornication. The Bible says that Eli's sons slept with the ladies who were ministers at the entrance of the tent. They were sleeping with them, basa, just like that. No carefulness. Everywhere. <laughs> Open. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after Luca and took bribes and perverted judgment. Have you seen their life? Yeah. Next verse. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel and to Ramah. Continue. Verse 5. And said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. All of Israel knew. They walk not in your ways. Now therefore make us a king to judge us like all their nations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Of course, Israel had missed it by requesting for a king, but God gave it to them anyway. So if you don't read your Bible, you would not know. You would not know. And you see, the dangerous aspect of life and with God, you see, there's some danger in working with God. If you don't know, I'm telling you. <laughs> Did you ever read concerning David? Today, for instance, I saw another group of people I'm going to study about. The people of Kejajairim. <laughs> the people of... You don't, you know? The people of Kejajairim. It's like they were a special group of people who could handle the ark of God. Very, very special people. When the ark of God is in chaos, they are the ones that are requested for to come and keep it. And when they take it and Israel is ready, they give it back to them. Yeah. Very wild people. Two groups. The people of Kejajairim and another group that David had. They were called the Perizzites something. Very wild guys. It's like when David is going to fight a very wild war, he brings them. They were always at his beck and call. They would just come. When they come, the war has ended. <laughs> we just kill everybody. We just kill everybody. Spend doubles. We just kill everybody. Chuck <laughs> Norris like five. They would just kill everybody like that. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's very... It's because you, may, you may be acting with good intentions. Things God. With good intentions. David was bringing the Ark of Covenant into, into, into uh, Jerusalem, Zion, where he had created. See? And he had not read the Bible. <laughs> so he did it the wrong way. He made, he, you see, he was so happy and excited for God. And excited about what he was doing for God that he got a new cart with new horses and put the Ark of Covenant on it, and put people around it to guide it as, as it was going. God, the Bible says God was angry already. When David started planning, God started getting angry. When he planned it and did it, God got angry. But he was quiet watching him for an opportunity. They got to a, a point, and the, the, the cart shook a little. Two people were guarding the, the, the Ark. One guy here called, was called Uza, the other guy here was called Ahio. It tilted towards Uzzah's side. And Uzzah touched it. When Uzzah touched it to put it back in its place. Bible says the anger of the Lord was kindled against him. And he died. Right there. The Bible says that David was afraid of God. From that day. He was walking with God every time. Eh? And the anger of the Lord was killed against Uzzah. And God smote him for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. For his error. They didn't know the word of God. 58,000 people died. Okay, in First Samuel chapter 5, 
58,000 people died. Do you know why they died? They went to look into the Ark of Covenant. They looked into the Ark of Covenant. Clear instructions by God, given a long time ago in Moses' day. Thou shalt not even come close. They went to look inside. They opened it and looked inside. 58,000 people died. Yeah, they, they were, the Bible says that they were so excited when they saw the ark because the ark of Connor had been taken away for seven months and they had just returned. It was brought to their, to their shores. And they were looking inside, 58,000 people perished. Yeah. You see. All because they didn't know their Bible. They didn't know the Bible. They didn't know the Bible. Can you imagine how many errors you have committed in your life because you didn't know the word? It's a very, it's a dangerous thing. You, you insulting man of God, you are doing it out of a good heart <laughs> because you don't know in your ignorance. You don't know. My ignorance is killing you. God told Saul, not New Testament Saul. There are two souls, two types of souls. <laughs> Say there are two types of souls. <laughs> Not sorts. Saul, Saul, Saul. S-A-U-L. Saul. Two types. One in the old, one in the new. Paul Saul and Saul Saul. I'm talking about Saul Saul. Not Paul Saul. Okay, people Saul. <laughs> Saul of the Old Testament was given a clear instruction by God. In First Samuel chapter 13, I believe. Go to Amalek. And kill everything in Amalek. Kill everybody. Destroy the whole of Amalek. Wipe them from the face of the earth. Kill man, woman, child, suckling. The one who is even sucking breast. Kill him. Saul went, did the, the word of God, but didn't do it completely. He reserved some things. Reserved fat goats, fat sheep, cows, chicken, and all that. And reserved the king. Agag and every, some other things. The wife, you know, Agag's wife escaped, so she's the one who gave birth to. You remember Esther? Do you remember Esther's day? You remember there, there were some guys who wanted to wipe Haman, who wanted to wipe every Israelite out. Haman was a son, was a child of that woman who escaped, who gave birth and gave birth and gave birth and gave birth. Who should have been killed at that day? The guy put Israel in jeopardy. Do you know how many people died, how many Israelites died on that day when they were supposed to kill the Israelites? The king had given a, a commandment that kill every Israelite on this particular day. Let's say 13th November. Kill every Israelite who's close to you. Free of charge. Nobody will do anything. Just kill them and plunder them. Take whatever you can take. That was the instruction Haman and his people had stared the king up to make. And Esther went in to overturn it. But they overturning, the king couldn't take his word back. When he's a king, he can't take it back. He can't. So he had to give another word. That every Israelite, defend yourself wherever you are in the realm on that day. You to defend yourself. That was... So everybody prepared cutlass and swords. But Israelites died on that day as much as the other people. Because one person, Saul did not heed the instruction of God. Because he didn't know. There's a clear scripture in Genesis chapter 17. Me, I've read it. Saul didn't read it. He didn't read. If he had read it, he wouldn't have had the problem he had. He didn't have, he wouldn't have had it. Yeah. <laughs> like Bishop Dago say, if Amnon had read his book, if Amnon had read loyalty and disloyalty, and read about the stages of disloyalty, he would never have gone to the party that Absalom invited him to. Never! He would have known that when someone does not talk to you for two years, neither good or evil, he didn't read it. He just perished, just like that. 
clear instructions in Genesis chapter 17. I will kill. You see, and God told Moses to write it and read it in the ears of Joshua. I will wipe, I will make war with them from generation to generation, and I will wipe them off the face of the earth. And this was God's opportunity to do it with his with his king. So raise the king for himself. So when to do it half half because he didn't know. He didn't know. Tell anybody he didn't know. Hey. Tell anybody I read my Bible. <laughs> do this. Hey. I'll read my Bible. Hey. It's dangerous. Hallelujah. It's very dangerous. We err a lot because we don't know the scriptures. We don't know. But have you learned anything so far? Yeah. Don't take God for granted. Don't take his word for granted. Read your Bible. Just read it. Just be reading. Know the stories. Okay, some of you don't know the story. Even the story, some of you don't know. Don't be ignorant of God's word. Okay? Tell me, but don't be ignorant of God's word. Do you know what the scriptures say in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 and 16? He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let it dwell in you richly. Let it, it will control you. You'll be shocked that the word of God will control you. It's because you are born of the word. If you allow it to stay in you by reading it. Even Jesus learned the scriptures. It's only Christians of today who don't want to learn the scriptures. Even Jesus learned the scriptures. Can I share something with you? In Israel, Okay, there was a culture of raising children in Israel. There was a curriculum for them. Hallelujah. Between ages zero, like this, to 12, there was a system you were taking through called the Betsefa. Okay, that's what they called it in Hebrew, Betsefa. And Betsefa had to do with you reading and memorizing everything from sentence to sentence, page to page, chapter to chapter, word to word, from Genesis to Deuteronomy. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So I'm talking about the, the content. You have to memorize it. Okay. It's, De- it's Deuteronomy, right? It's up to Deuteronomy. Okay. For the first uh, few years of your life. Then you go for an examination. You stand and you say everything from Genesis. From Genesis, from including Numbers, Deuteronomy, Leviticus. Yes, you say everything. Hallelujah. Yeah. Then you are taken to the next stage. And that was what Jesus did at age 12. Age 12, you are taken to the temple to be examined. He was taken to the temple to be examined and he excelled. He went beyond. And the scribes were confounded by his understanding of the scriptures. They were sure, they were like, ah, why? What, what, how did you do it? He had more understanding than every other person. Yeah, that was the first 12 years. Then between ages 12 and uh, 17, you have to memorize, read and memorize from Joshua all the way to... Is it Malachi? Yes, all the way to Malachi. That's called Beth. Talmud, you have to read all the, the Talmud, the, the, the Old Testament, everything from Joshua to Malachi. You have to, you, you should quote it. You stand. There were, there were no chapters at that time, so you just start talking. And there are rabbis there, that's their job. They sit down, and everybody's examination is one day. So they sit down waiting for you the whole day, you are just reciting. 
reciting, reciting, reciting till Malachi. And if you are able to do it, then you qualify to become a disciple. Yes, you qualify to become a disciple. Is that that's that's between age, ages twelve and seventeen, right? Ages twelve and seventeen. So from eighteen to thirty, you qualify to become a a disciple. No, a disciple. That's that's Beth. What? That's the last one. Then from thirteen hours, you qualify to become a rabbi. If you are able to become a good disciple, you become a rabbi. So Jesus was a rabbi from thirty years on, meaning that he went. You think Jesus didn't go to the system? He went to the system. It's only Christians who don't want to read the Bible. Only Christians. I don't know what's wrong with them. Ask them what is wrong with what what's wrong with. Them. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, he fulfilled the law and abolished it. Praise the Lord. So read your Bible, okay? Tell me by reading your Bible. Reduce your errors by reading your Bible. All right. Powerful. Hallelujah. Have you learned anything? Ask your neighbor, have you learned anything? God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.